We get asked a lot about our favorite apps and games. In fact, this entire episode was inspired because we got an email from one of you, Smarties, asking us this very question. So, as we're sure you're prepping for the holidays, sorry to those of us who just finished Hanukkah, which was really too early this year, we bring you this episode. We can't wait to hear which game or app resonates with you and your learner. Let's dig in. You want to learn faster, but sometimes working harder is just not the answer. You have to learn smarter. The Educational Therapy Podcast. Hi, Smarties. Welcome to episode 32 of Learn Smarter, the Educational Therapy Podcast. I'm Rachel Cap. And I'm Stephanie Pitts. We know we said last week that we would be revealing something huge today, but we've actually decided to serve this episode up to you to support your holiday purchases. <laughs> we're still really excited to premiere something huge to you guys, but we're going to do that in January. That episode will come out January 8th. We promise, right, Steph? Yep. So please enjoy our cognitive flexibility today. We're just so excited to share everything coming up with all of you. Before we jump into our favorite apps and games, we wanted to first let you know that both CAP Educational Therapy Group, which is Rachel's biz, and My Ed Therapist, which is Steph's biz, my biz, are hiring. If you're interested in working in Beverly Hills with Rachel, go to www.capedtherapy.com slash hiring. Remember, CAP is with a K, K K-A-P-P, edtherapy.com slash hiring. And if you want to work in the South Bay with me, please visit myedtherapist.com slash hiring, m-y-e-d-therapist.com slash hiring. We are both seeking fun, collaborative, dynamic, and detailed-oriented individuals who are energized by providing top-notch service and support to learners and their families. We want you to be resourceful, communicative, and enjoy leading students toward a higher degree of independence and autonomy. Also, before we dig into our favorite apps and games of 2018, we wanted to read to you an email we received this week from a smarty named Anel Mora. Anel wrote, thank you again and again for all your episodes. As a somewhat new practicing ed therapist, I'm always looking forward to each and every episode. I love that they are not only filled with great strategies, but you both share many personal anecdotes about your clients. It almost feels like I am taking another course after graduate school, but in a very enlightening way. (laughs) Each episode resonates with me, but particularly this one even more because I am planning a meeting with the parents of a client to discuss progress and goals thus far. I really love the use of all the metaphors and how you both describe the educational therapy process. I often want to target each goal I have for my clients, but it's impossible and I need to work on focusing my attention on one goal at a time. Thanks again. Best a no. Steph, how did you feel when you read this email? Oh, it was so nice. It really made my day, I think. What about you? I think it made my day also. Smarties, you have no idea how much these emails mean to us. If you are enjoying the podcast, the best holiday gift we could ask for is a five-star review. (laughs) To be honest, each episode takes about five hours of our time to produce, and reading your amazing feedback gives us both the warm and fuzzies. Yeah. We know the information we are sharing is valuable, but Anel, you blew us away with this email, and we just wanted to say thank you for taking the time to write to us. 
And we did have a nice little email back and forth, didn't we, Steph? Yeah, it was. It, it was, was so nice. nice. Yeah. Now back to our regular scheduled programming. So Steph, you're the game guru. You're the one who introduces me to so many things because you love doing this and I, I love do. just letting you tell me what to buy. I have a feeling <laughs> this episode's going to wind up being expensive for me outside of production <laughs> because you're going to basically say, Rach, client X, Y, and Z mm-hmm. need to be playing this game. Is that what's yeah. about to happen? Totally. Of okay. course it is. So Steph, why do we love games and apps so much? They're so highly motivating and engaging. And there's a sense of competition that kids, listen, not all kids, but most kids enjoy it. Every once in a while, I get a client that's like, "Mm, I don't really like playing games, but sometimes I can persuade them. Otherwise, when I Mm -hmm. pull out one of my best, pull out the big guns games that I know (laughs) that most people enjoy in some way or another. And really, when you think about it, the thing about doing a game is that you're learning so many things at once Mm -hmm. and it's cooperative play. It's watching how somebody else tackles a problem or does something. Social, right? Yeah, there's the social part, right? And yet a lot of these games have something that a client is working on and because it is so motivating, there's little investment and a high return. Because the kids don't realize what they're working on. And instead of putting a worksheet or something in front of them, this is way more fun. Yeah. Worksheets, a way more traditional school-related item, right? Right, right. Yeah. And it turns a lot of kids off. They see all the problems and do all these things and don't want to do it. Whereas if I put it in a game, they'll do it all day long. Exactly. I love that students don't realize the learning that's occurring. But some of my students have gotten to be really savvy with me. Mm -hmm. They'll go to pull out a game, especially if we're doing a brain break or something. And I go, "Mm, not for you. Yeah, totally. I get veto power. (laughs) Yes. And sometimes I let them have a choice between one or two games, depending on the age of the student. Sometimes they get three, but sometimes three is almost too much of a choice. And they go, well, why these two, Rachel? And I'm like, there's always a method to my madness, you guys. Like, you guys know how these things go. They understand now that everything that I do is highly intentional. And I actually Mm -hmm. love when they push back and ask me because I'm like, oh, they get the bigger picture of why they're here. And when they're asking, they're aligning themselves with the goals that you have for them. Wouldn't you agree, Steph? Oh, yeah. Oh, and I need to throw in, guys, guess what? Oh, we should have started out with this. I know. I forgot. Oh, sorry. I'm so sorry. Okay, so you guys, update on Milkshake. On Sunday, I sent an email to mom. So she hasn't been turning in her homework. She's in seventh grade. And it's been a real struggle. She's leaving things at school. She's forgetting to turn it in. She's just forgetting about it. It's just been a real struggle. And we tried last week. And that was before Thanksgiving. And on the day that she was coming to me, she didn't turn in an assignment. So she was so sad. I was so sad because literally that whole morning, all day, I thought that it was going to happen until I got an email at like 2.30 or something and Ugh. that she didn't turn in something. And so, I just get a text from Steph that said, no milkshake with the emoji. And I was like, uh, sent back that heartbroken text for her. 
Yeah. Oh my gosh. I was so sad. We talked about it, how I really was so disappointed because I've been looking forward to taking her <laughs> and, and she was really sad too. Anyway, so what I did was I had given her a whole week to get her homework done. That was the goal. I was sort of sneaky about it. Can I interrupt and say that I felt like a week was too long? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So I changed it a little bit. So okay. instead of it being, she comes to me on Thursday. So instead of it being Thursday to Thursday, what I did, because there was Thanksgiving break, what mm-hmm. I did was I emailed mom on Sunday and said, the homework starts tomorrow until she comes to me on Thursday. Oh, so it was Monday through Thursday. Right. So it was four days of getting homework done instead of five. Okay. And I said, Please, you know, show this email to her that I'm emailing her on a Sunday when I'm not working because I'm thinking about it. Yes. And I know she can do it. So the week goes by, Thursday comes, she walks in, and (laughs) I got no emails. Everything got turned in. And I double-checked with mom, and she said, yep, everything was turned in. And so when she walked in, and I was like, milkshake! And she was like, I know! <laughs> Can I add that you and I were on FaceTime when this yes. happened? Yes. <laughs> Steph goes, milkshake girl is coming in, and she gets a milkshake. So Steph and I are on FaceTime, and all of a sudden, she's like, here she is. And she throws the FaceTime, like the camera facing her, and I'm just in my office, both hands up in the air. I'm like, no! and I had not met her before right right and she just goes is this the one that you were texting about it (laughs) (laughs) so it's important to know that when you either hire me or Steph you really do get both of us because we're both so invested in each other's clients we're really lucky Yeah, no, for sure. And I, just like you did, I gave her the choice of like when we were going to go and she chose the middle of the session also. Smart. So we walked over and we got milkshakes and we had it the rest of session and she was so happy and it was really a good goal. Steph, what were some of the strategies that you helped put in place with her to help? Well, the first thing was putting a list in her locker of all the things that she needed to bring home every day. So she needed to remember all these different things. And so Mm -hmm. she needed to check that off before she went home. Mm -hmm. And then the other thing was if she realized that she forgot something, what were the strategies that we could use? She doesn't have a phone. So then it was coming up with some strategies to help with getting what she needed. When that meant asking mom and dad for help, it meant maybe going to school, asking to be taken to school a few minutes early, calling a friend, different strategies that she thought would work for her. And I also took a little video of her calendar that she started putting on that's on her iPad. And she made all the big things that she felt like she might forget red. And the rest of her calendar is pink. Mm -hmm. So that was another strategy that we had talked about that she was using. Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah. So now she's got to make it a full week. So like a Thursday to a Thursday. Exactly. So we're recording on Monday, so we don't know yet, but hopefully this week goes well. Hey, success breeds success. Absolutely. Because it wasn't that she had to turn everything in, but she had to create a solution when she did it, right? Well, no, she had to turn everything in, but it was also that if you don't finish it, yes. I'd rather you turn it in than this not turn it in. This is something we talk about a lot. Right, because the goal is to turn the things in, not about it being complete if she didn't understand or she forgot or whatever. It's literally just remembering and getting it in. So Steph and I compiled our list together but separately, much like our businesses, right? 
of our favorite apps and games. (laughs) (laughs) And my first favorite app is an app called Flow Free. And so we will have, I'm not sure we're going to link the apps in our show notes, but we are going to link anything that's a tangible game, correct? We'll create a freebie that lists it. Okay. And you can search for it in your app store. And if you have a question or can't find it, let us know. And we'll help you. So there will be a freebie, it sounds like, associated with this episode, listing out all our favorite apps that will be clickable, that you'll be able to go directly to Amazon and purchase these items. Or if it is an app itself, you'll at least have the name of the app that you can then go find. It's just hard to link an app, isn't it? It is. It's really hard. So the first app is Flow Free. The reason I love this app, actually, it was really fun to kind of write this episode because it reminded me of games that I haven't done in a long time. Nice. Flow Free is a game that has multiple levels of difficulty, and you have to match colored dots with its colored dot. So you have to match a red dot to a red dot, and it's on a grid. So you have to draw a line connecting the dots. Now, there's only so many spaces on the grid, and each space has to be taken up, but can only be used once in one pathway correct? Yeah. So what age do you think this is good for? I love this for kids who are really probably third, fourth, and fifth graders for the easier levels. Mm -hmm. Honestly, the middle and the high school kids enjoy this game also because you can do what we always suggest, which is teach them the rules of the game when it's simple and then have them go to their increased level of difficulty. It's great for students who are struggling with executive functioning because you have to plan out Mm -hmm. each use of each space on the grid especially if you have many, many colors that you need to connect, it's really challenging. Mm -hmm. And so it has to have some sort of intentionality and plan and organization and prioritization. You have to remember the pop in this episode, right? Yeah, it's so true. All right, Steph, what's one of your faves? So I broke this down, you guys, to games that they can play on their own and games you might want to get to play as a family, especially with winter break coming up. This is if you want to spend some time playing a game with your kid, which, you know, we always advocate for. This is going to be some really great, great games that you guys can play as a family. So flow free, the child can either play it on their own or you can play with them. And honestly, it's really engaging. You're going to want to play it with them. Yeah, it's fun. So the first one is a game that they can play that by themselves, and it's by Osmo. Love. Yes. If you guys are aware of Osmo, it can go along with an iPad or an iPhone, I think. Yeah. And it's a connection that you have to buy, and then you buy the game along with it. So there's one of the games that they have. It's called Pizza Co., and it is so great. All the kids love this game. I love this game. And just to be even clearer, there is a piece that you actually, like a physical piece that you buy to put on top of the iPad. So it reads the screen and what's happening below. Because you have physical objects that you're moving and manipulating with the iPad. Right. So it's a little bit different than just being an app. There is an app, but you have to buy the game pieces and the base. And it's a little expensive, but we really, it's worth this one. Yeah, I think it's worth it. In this pizza game, they have to create their own pizza company and make pizzas and serve customers and make change. And you can change it according to ability. There's a Mm -hmm. junior level and there's all the way up to – I enjoy playing it as an adult. 
and you literally have a little cardboard thing that has on one side is looks like a pizza and you have to put toppings on it and put it in the oven and then you flip it over and that's the change side and so there's dollar amounts there's coins um it really is managing a lot of different things at once they need to keep track of their supplies they need to figure out the math how much they're making and how much change to give and they need to read how to make change yep all these items are individual pieces So for a student who's kinesthetic, who's struggling with executive functioning, struggling with organization, or struggling with math, this is a great game for them. Yeah, it really is. It's so fun. And it makes me feel like it's a good game that if you're going to let your kid play on the iPad, they're spending their time wisely. Okay. My next favorite one is one that's really popular. A lot of my students, when I pull it out for them to play, they're like, oh, I have this at home. Piano tiles. Mm-hmm. This is an app. So you open up the screen and it has what I would call tiles that are floating from the top of the screen to the bottom of the screen. And your goal is to hit the tile before it reaches the bottom of the screen and it plays music. And this is great for a student who struggles with visual discrimination, mm-hmm. a student who struggles with connecting their brain and their hands So getting those connectors a little bit stronger Mm -hmm. and it plays beautiful music. The speed increases and it could be a competition between two people or they could just play it on their own. And it has a bunch of different choices for songs that they could play. It's a really relaxing game that increases with difficulty the longer that you play it. Yeah, no, I think it's really great and it's fun. It sounds like you're making the music and you can play this beautiful song. Yes. And... I think it's playing the music like Rachel always talks about. The music is part of your brain that doesn't get used as much. So while the music is playing and you're doing this activity and it's great, the kinestheticness of, you know, especially kids that are struggling with touching and Mm -hmm. knowing where to touch and how to move and all of that, it's a little bit... The gross motor planning, right? Yeah, totally. It's great. It's fun. It's a great game. All right, Steph, you're up. Yeah. So the next one is my all-time favorite game that kids can play by themselves, and it's called Rush Hour. And there's a junior version and a regular version. The junior version, I think you could start at mm, probably five or so. And I usually play that with five to nine-year-olds, and then the adult version, Mm -hmm. nine and up usually, maybe eight, depending on the kid. And basically, you have cars on a grid, and it's a puzzle. And you need to move the cars around without picking them up or turning them in order to get one car that's stuck in a traffic jam off the grid. So it's a lot of planning and figuring out what you need to do next and organizing. And I have a lot of kids when I play this looking at what is the problem car? Mm -hmm. Where's the problem area? What do you need to focus on right now Mm -hmm. in order to be able to solve the puzzle? Your next best move right? Yep. Your next best move. Yep. You don't necessarily need to know every move, but you need to know what your next best move is. Yeah. It's really fun. It's a great game. My next favorite app, you guys, Audible. (laughs) We talk about it all the time. We talk about audio content. If you have a student who's an auditory learner, I love Audible and being read a story. If you are doing a family road trip, If you are going to be in the car for an extended period of time, I love listening to a book together as a family. That's something that we did growing up. My dad would go 
to the library and get cassette tapes. This is dating me. (laughs) But we would listen to stories on long car drives. And it was something that bonded us all together and then gave us something to talk about. My parents were able to check in about our own level of comprehension and understanding and critical analysis. And it is a great, great tool that students can do independently or you can do as a family. I just want to add, we always usually advocate that students have the book in front of them as well so they can follow along. You don't have to do that, especially as we're going into winter break and the holidays. Enjoy. Yeah, Audible is great. Okay, so the last game that I have, something that they can play by themselves, is a game called Cat Crimes. And it's by Think Fun. We love Think Fun games. Yeah, we do love them. So basically, it's a game where there's given a bunch of clues and you need to find where the cat is sitting and who did the crime. So there's like a table and the cats are sitting around the table, but you have to figure out which cats were there Mm -hmm. and what the crime was. They tell you what the crime was and they kind of give clues like this cat was sitting across from this cat. Yeah. And you kind of just have to figure out the puzzle. Yeah, and the thing that I really like about this is the kids that rush. Yes. They want to go through and read the clues once and come up with the answer. But that's not how this game works. This game, you need to check your answers multiple times. So just like math or writing or anything else, you need to check. So when they decide they have an answer, I make them go through. Does it still work? Does it still fit? Is your answer still working with the clues? And a lot of times they figure out that it's not. Great. So they need to make adjustments. I'm so happy that we're doing this episode because we're going to be seeing clients in a couple hours. Yeah. Watch. All these games that I haven't played in a while are going to come out and around. (laughs) Every time we record an episode about games, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's such a great game. That would be great for fill in the blank. Totally. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So anyway, so Cat Crimes. Great game. What's your next one? Four-Way Countdown. Now, this was a game that, of course... Steph introduced to me. It is a great physical game. You have to play with more than one person. How would you describe it? It's kind of like trouble. Yes. It has that middle poppy thing. Yeah. If you could see me, I'm literally doing the motion on the table. (laughs) I'm laughing in my head right now because I just had a whole conversation with family over the weekend. One of my family members said, where can I view the podcast? And I went, Mm, you can listen to the podcast. We wouldn't <laughs> want to view it because if you saw me right now, it's a hot mess express over here. So it's funny that I'm doing this physical motion. But yes, it's exactly like trouble. You have two die inside of it and it gives you two numbers. So let's say you hit a four and a six. Depending on what you're working on with that student, you can either multiply, add, divide, or subtract. Usually I give students boundaries and limitations. So we're only to do addition and subtraction. And then you have to flip up the peg that is that result. So if you have four and six, four and six combined make 10. So you would flip up 10. Yeah. And then there are certain special things that happen when you get the bigger numbers. You only have pegs for one through 10. So obviously, if two numbers combine to 11, then you either have the choice to subtract or you can force the other person to flip all theirs down. The goal is to get all the pegs up. It's a good kinesthetic version of math game. It's a great math game for students who are struggling or aren't even struggling with math. It's super fun and engaging. And they get really competitive about it. They do. (laughs) To the point where, like, I've had a couple of kids. I don't want to call them cheaters, but I'm just saying. (laughs) 
And I'm like, that's not how things are going to roll in here. (laughs) Amazing. Okay. Okay. So on to my family games. The first one is Pass the Pigs. And this game is actually really, really fun. You get two little pigs or there's a big version with a bigger pig or two big pigs or something like that. And the little pig, you throw it up in the air and however it lands determines how many points you get. Okay. And you can decide if you're going to roll more or you're going to stop your turn. You could lose it all just by however they land. Maybe we should consider doing a video because if you guys can only see the glint in Stephanie's eye right now. Oh, it's so fun. It's so fun. She is so lit up by describing these games. I'm dying. It's so funny to watch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, so then what I have the kids do is they have to put the math on graph paper and add it all up. Oh, you know I love that. Yeah, so it's practicing lining things up. It's also practicing impulse control. Do you want to keep going? You might get 50 points and then roll something and you just lost it all. It's a really, really fun game. And sometimes there's discussion about how did it land? Did it really actually land that way? You know, they try to like be clever. It's really Uh funny when they do that. They try to manipulate the situation, which I'm totally supportive of. Yeah. And I think the thing is any number of people can play this game and it's all ages. So if you have a little one that you want to play with, you can help them with the math when it gets into double digits. But it's really fun to throw the pigs up in the air and just see where they land. I love it. Yeah. So this is one of the ones I'm going to have to buy. Yes. Maybe the day after Christmas, a lot of the stuff will go on sale stuff. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Okay. We'll we'll monitor. We'll monitor. Okay. Your turn. All right, you guys. This one is a blast from my past, Mm -hmm. but I've never been more excited to bring a game for my childhood into my adult career. You guys, it's Guess Who. Yes. Now, I feel like a lot of people have a basis of understanding about Guess Who, but the gist of it is there are maybe 50 different faces on a flipboard, and by asking discriminating questions, you are able to eliminate the options of who the other person has on their card. Is that a good description, Steph? Yeah, it is. There's a couple versions of it because I have one that has like food and under the sea stuff and, you know, pets and whatnot. All right. You're fancier than I even knew. I did not even know those existed. Will you please link those stuff? Yeah, I will. Can I tell you what I specifically like about this more updated version than the one that I had when I was a kid? Yeah. The more updated version with faces, you guys, really embraces how people look different. Mm -hmm. There's one particular person whose face, I am not sure whether they are a boy or a girl. So that's usually one of the first questions that kids ask, like, is your person a boy? Yeah. And we inevitably have a conversation of, is Jesse a boy or a girl? Mm -hmm. And I kind of love the fact that it has that opportunity to just embrace all levels of gender diversity and different skin tones. And so they'll say, does your person have dark skin? But it's really interesting to see them determine what that means for them. Yeah. I mean, usually they don't even talk about the skin tone. It's very interesting. Yeah, it is interesting. And I sometimes play it with older kids Mm -hmm. and I take it to the next level. So you can't ask discriminating questions like, Do you have glasses? Okay. Or do you have a hat on? Okay. So I'll make them ask questions like, have you gone to the eye doctor lately? And the eye doctor has prescribed something for you. Oh, how do you explain that? I do it with the older kids and I give them examples and I go first a lot of times. Okay. Or do you get sunburned really easily so you need to protect your face? 
Oh. Things like that. So they're asking bigger picture questions. Stuff that's genius. This is why you're the games guru. I take basic games and I really like to alter them. It's my favorite. It's one of my favorite things to do. So literally when I start asking for some kids for the animal ones, like does it have polka dots? Like, no, you can't ask me that. Like think of a bigger question that's more sophisticated and thinking more Mm. globally about why. Like higher order thinking. Like if they had polka dots, let's say, on a fish, it's probably because it's things so that they can be camouflaged from a certain predator, right? So I would want them to say something about how that was their version of camouflage. This is in the fish version of the game. In the fish version, yeah. All right. This is why this podcast is worth doing because (laughs) you and I have never had this conversation (laughs) and it's so obvious when you say it and I just don't always think about it, right? Yeah, no, totally. That's what happens all the time. Yeah, when you do math, I feel the same way. Yeah. (laughs) All right. My next fave is another oldie but goodie. You guys, I love blackjack. Yeah. And I love blackjack because first of all, kids feel really grown up doing it. Mm -hmm. And you don't have to call it blackjack. You can call it 21. This is a great game for kids who are learning to embrace using their fingers and math. You teach them the rules of the game. You can teach them a little bit of the strategy. We always bet with Mm M&Ms. Sidebar, I always let the kid eat all the M&Ms because by the end of the game or the jelly beans or whatever we're using, we both touched everything. (laughs) So I'm like, these are gross. You can get a new one or you can just have these. And usually they just go for it. They just eat it. Yeah. But it's a great game for reinforcing math facts. Yeah. And it's super fun and you can take a break and you can come back to it. That's a fast one, but definitely need more than one person to play that game. So the next one is called GoTrio or Otrio. It's only in Target. It's made by that Marbles brain company that Target bought. So that's why it's only there. Okay. And there's a to-go version that is a lot smaller and a lot cheaper. And it is basically playing tic-tac-toe, but it's a little bit more complicated. Okay. And it's really fun because there's never a cat's game. Oh. I've played it so many times and I've only had a cat's game once. Steph, why do they call it a cat's game? This is a question I don't have the answer to. Oh. If anybody knows, email us at Rachel and Steph at LearnSmarterPodcast.com and let us know. Why is there a cat's game? Anyway, so you can play it with two or three players, and it's really, really fun. So they have to think. It teaches kids who like to play just offense to play defense. I always say to them, what is going to be my next move? And that's what you want to block. Ah, yeah, I love it. Yeah. All right, you guys. The next one is another app called Motion Math. I think we've talked about this app company on the podcast before, but it's worth bringing them up again. The first time Steph introduced them to me, (laughs) I think we were in the process of building this podcast, which took us, you know, nine months to launch. And I'm not kidding you. I sat and played this game. I think we were probably watching the Scientology show. Yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I played this game on Steph's app forever. (laughs) It was to the point, you know, when like you're in the middle of doing something and it gets darker in your home, (laughs) but you don't get up to turn on the light and you look up and you're like, oh my God, it's dark in here. (laughs) That was that experience. So there's a couple different games. There's the pizza game where you're selling pizzas and you have to go and get all the different supplies and build these pizzas for the customers. It's similar to Osmo in that way. Yeah. But the piece de resistance is the cupcake game. Yep. Guys, 
This cupcake game is so fun. <laughs> you have to buy all the ingredients. You get to build the cupcakes, and there's nothing more satisfying than hearing the sound of the frosting going <laughs> onto the cupcake that you're building. As you go through the game, new like treats for your cupcakes get revealed. Yeah. You get to upgrade your supplies. So like you get a bigger oven or you get a bigger car because then you have to deliver the cupcakes. Uh-huh. And the cupcakes are being delivered on an XY grid. Yep. Because they're city blocks. They are city blocks, not in Los Angeles, because nowhere in LA is an XY grid. But you're going to the right, and the numbers are positive. You're going up, and the numbers are positive. Then they open up the negative side, and you go to the left, and the numbers are negative, but they still have the positive, and they gradually open up the XY graph. It gets really difficult, but this is a great entry point for students who are like in fourth and fifth grade. They can absolutely figure it out, Mm -hmm. and then you tell them, you know you're doing pre-algebra. Yeah. I did it with a third grader once, and he was amazing at it. Totally. Yeah. Totally. It is so much fun. It's one of those games that at the end of the day, I'm either making a puzzle, I have a puzzle app, or I love doing the cupcake game. Yeah. It's a great game. It really is. It's super fun. Highly recommend it. So, Steph, what's your next favorite game? So my next favorite game is actually called Go Nuts. And this is similar to Pass the Pigs, but – It's with five die, and basically they all have different things on them, and you rack up points according to what you roll, and some you can keep, and some you have to put away, and and it's also impulse control, right? So you can stop whenever. There's all these different rules that, number one, you have to remember, and number two, you have to hold some different things in your brain while you're working and rolling the die. And the thing that the kids always find so funny is that if you roll the same thing on several die at the same time, then you have to yell, go nuts. And the other person has to roll to get this little dog. And as soon as the other person gets a dog, they have to yell, woof, and stop the rolling. (laughs) You rack up all these points. So you're frantically trying to roll the die as fast as possible and get points. And one person's trying to stop the other person. It's a whole thing. So I use this with kids that are working on math and we're working on adding things and holding stuff, working memory, and just following the rules and sometimes just remembering all the rules. Because some of the kids, that's really hard to like keep several things going at once. So that's a really good game for it. It's really fun, actually. I enjoy it. That's one that you pull out and you're like, oh, this will be fun for me too. Oh, yeah, totally. (laughs) Yeah. So I have one more game left on my list. And this is why you're the game guru, Steph, because we had to contain you. Yeah. But you are going to give several more than I am, which is totally fine. Yeah. This is your zone of genius, right? (laughs) I just couldn't leave some off. And it's so funny because I'm looking at my list. I think you've probably told me about half my list. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. So my last favorite go-to game, and I love it because it's quick. I love it because it's numbers, is called Racco. So Steph, you were the one who told me about this, and apparently this is like a game from childhood that I just never played. Yeah, I don't remember how I know it, but it's so fun. It's a fun game. So what you get is you get cards one through 60, and the goal of the game is to get the cards in ascending order. So the smallest card to the largest card. You only have about 10 cards that you're given, and you're only allowed to switch cards with the other players. 
but it's super fun. It's great for building number awareness. It's fast and you can make it more challenging. So like, for example, cards that would win and you would say Racco would be two, seven, nine, 18, 25, so on. But do you see how those numbers, they're not steps up from each other? It's not like seven, eight, nine. Right. So that's a way that you can make it harder is say, okay, you need to get trios or you need to get four in a rows. But everything else still needs to be ascending. That really gets those kids who have like mastered Racco. Mm. They get all up in arms about it because they have to do it in a more challenging way now. Oh, that's interesting. We level up. Yeah, it's super fun. That's a good idea. You know, I think the thing that's really different about Racco is that you can only replace cards. Right. And that sort of drives kids a little crazy because they want to take back a card or they want to trade their own cards, which you're not allowed to do. Right, exactly. So I think it's about quick decision making Mm -hmm. and coming up with a plan and sticking with it mm-hmm. and the kids that come up with a plan and then try to change the plan midway most of the time it doesn't work exactly it's one of the things that I let them play the first time and the second time I'm like okay have a strategy yep exactly and there are numbers along the side on the little container that holds the cards that could be a clue towards the strategy so I direct them there it's totally true yep I love it all right Steph so now I'm okay. giving you the floor finish us out Okay, just a couple more, guys. Yeah, so the next one is called Check the Fridge, and it's a little bit like Go Fish. So you and your partner or who you're playing against, I think there has to be three, but I play with two and it works just fine. And you have to ask for another card that's a vegetable and just like you wouldn't Go Fish. And if you don't, you have to say Check the Fridge if you don't have that card. But the difference is instead of getting pairs like in Go Fish, you have to get the numbers, because each card has a, a value, they have to add up to 23, I believe. So this is really good about, again, math, number awareness, the different ways that you can get 23 with different numbers. So it's not like 10, 10, and 3. There's more varieties, different variations and things. And so the kids actually really like this game. It's really fun. The next game that I have is called Little Lemonade Standoff, and this is a good visual memory game. What a cute title. So you get these little lemonade stands, and there's coins, and there's little cups with a little tray, and the cups are different colors, and there's some that have straws and some that don't, and basically what you have to do is you get a card, and on the tray there's strawberry lemonade and regular lemonade and blah blah blah. So you have to visually you have to look at the card and you have to memorize it and then put the card away and you have to actually put all the pieces on the tray matching the card. And you earn like there's different levels like one coin for the easy ones, two, three, anyway. And so you put them in your little lemonade bank, which is kind of fun. And the thing that happens almost every time is the kids look at it for a second, "Oh, I got it." And then I don't let them look at the card again. So mm-hmm. then they realize that they actually don't have it. And so this is really going back to when kids are studying for tests. Holding them accountable. I like it. Yep. They're just looking at it for a hot second and like, oh, I know that. But actually. Yeah. If you've listened to our studying episode, which I think is episode four. Four, yeah. How to study. They think it's a green, but it's actually a red. Exactly. And so 
The little kids really think it's fun, but that's why I play it also with the older students. They still love it too. They do. And it's challenging. You have to come up with a strategy. And sometimes we work on like, let's sing it or let's make a, you know, I just replay it. I say it over and over in my head when I get the really hard ones. And I want them to see my strategy so that they're thinking about what strategy they're actually going to use. Mm -hmm. The next one is Sushi Go. This is the game that we tried to play once when we went on our retreat, our boss lady retreat. Steph and I retreat a lot. (laughs) Yeah. So anyway. At the moment, was I like, oh, I can't with this? Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Okay. So here's the thing. Sushi Go is not like a normal game. It's very different from most games that I've ever played. The rules change, right? The rules are different. And the thing is you don't – everybody gets a stack of cards, but you don't own those cards. Right. And that's very different for a lot of kids because they feel like, well, these are my cards. Those are your cards, which is not how it works. So you pass the pile back and forth and you make quick choices about what card you want to keep. Basically, you want to get the most points possible. So you need to come up with a strategy. Some of them you need to get in pairs or some of them that you have to get triple. In order to get points, right. Otherwise, they don't count. It doesn't matter. So you have to keep in your head. Once you make a choice and you put it down, you show it to the other person, but then you can't look at the pile again. So you have to hold in your mind, this is your working memory, how many times did I pick up a tempura? I need sets of two in order to get points. So how many have I already collected? And so you keep going back and forth, switching the pile, making your choice, keeping the card, and then you put it down. So let me ask you this, because when I played it at game night, obviously there were several people. How do you do it with just one other person? You're strategizing knowing you're probably going to get that set of cards back, correct? Right, exactly. So you're strategizing thinking, okay, what do I need to keep? just in case the other person wants it. But this is also why you're using the strategy that you have to show each other what you just picked up. Yeah. So that you know, like if somebody picked up a tempura, they might be going for another tempura again so that they can get that out of their brain. So then you could take the tempura. Yeah, exactly. So then what I have them do is then at the end, we sort all the cards Mm -hmm. and then we add them all up. So first you have to add them up just each pile and then you take the pile amounts and then you have to add those up. Mm -hmm. So it's manipulating a lot of numbers and having to line them all up. And there's a lot of math involved. On graph paper, right, Seth? Always on graph paper. I take a sheet and I half it. (laughs) I have my ways of doing things. So yeah, yeah, that's a really fun game. It's a really good party game. It was fun at game night. Yeah, exactly. Just two more, guys. The second to last one is Ticket to Ride. Most of you might be familiar with this game. It's pretty well known. And there's adult versions. There's Europe. There's all these different versions. But also if you have a kid, there's a version called My First Journey. Okay. And it's a kid version of this game, Ticket to Ride. Basically, what you have to do is it's a map of the United States and you get given these tickets and it's where your destination is. So you might get a ticket from Los Angeles to Washington, D.C., Mm-hmm. And basically, you need to make your way with your trains to Washington, D.C. You can only put your trains down when you have enough to cover a route. So if it's like three little boxes, you need three trains. And you pick up these cards to choose what colors you can get and use. So basically, the thing that ends up happening a lot is you get two routes at once. And what happens is a lot of kids focus on one route at a time. Okay. And they forget about the other one. 
So this is mimicking how in school or anything, you're doing more than one thing at once. So it's a little bit of multitasking and it's executive functioning because you have to plan how you're going to get from one destination to the next. So what's going to make the most sense? Which cards do you have that work? The kids love it and it's really great. The last game, some of you may have heard of this one, is called Exploding Kittens. (laughs) This is another really fun party game. Adults like to play it. And basically what you do is it's got some different rules because you pick up a card at the end of your turn each time and you choose what to do. You can actually not play anything and just pick up a card. And basically when you pick up the exploding kitten, you have to have a certain card to like stop the kitten from exploding. It's a lot more back and forth with the different players because you can like mess with people. You're doing everything you can to avoid getting that exploding kitten. Mm -hmm. And you can look at cards going forward. You can shuffle. If you pick up the exploding kitten, you can sit there and put it back in the deck. And you can sit there and count. If you wanted someone in particular to pick it up, (laughs) you can put it under the table and decide who's going to pick up that cat, right? So the advantage of the game is trying to avoid as much as possible and mess with the other person. And it's really strategy, impulse control, working memory, there's a lot of things that go into it at once. And so this I use not as much as a learning game, but a good brain break game mm-hmm. or at the end of session if we've had a really good session. But mm-hmm. it's also a really, really good party game. I love it. Yeah. So that's it. Those are my games. So if you are on our email list, you will have gotten this list in your email this morning. If you're not on our email list, go to www.learnsmarterpodcast.com and go to the episodes page and you'll be able to access the freebie there. We hope you all have a great week. Again, if you know someone brilliant who would be an amazing team member for either my business, Cap Educational Therapy Group, or Steph's business, My Ed Therapist, would you please consider sharing our ad with them? We are excited to meet people and bring some amazing team members into our folds in 2019. Have a great week. Have a great week.